For over six years, The Past and the Curious has been winning fans, sharing stories of real people from the past, and making people smile. I'm Mick Sullivan, author of I See Lincoln's Underpants, which is a book about, well, famous people's underwear. You'll find all of those stories and much, much more in the 100-plus episodes of The Past and the Curious that are currently available. Find it in all the usual podcast places. The Past and the Curious with Mick Sullivan. That's me. Hello! This is the Reading Bug, and today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Penguin Random House Audio and their new full-cast audiobook recording of E.B. White's classic children's book, Charlotte's Web, featuring Academy Award-winning actress Meryl Streep. Thank you to Penguin Random House Audio for their generous support, and please purchase this beautifully performed audiobook of Charlotte's Web today at thereadingbug.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. Hi, reader. Welcome back to Reading Bug Adventures. It's so good to see you. This week, we have a bonus, full-story episode of our Egyptian adventure, a trip back in time to ancient Egypt. Thanks for listening. Reading Bug Adventures is mixed and mastered by Resonate Recordings and made possible by our sponsors and by listeners just like you. If you haven't already, please take a second to write a review of this podcast. Every positive review really helps. And to learn more about how you can support us, please visit our page at patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Every original story and song in Reading Bug Adventures is imagined, written, performed, and produced by the team at The Reading Bug, our independent, family-owned children's bookstore. And we really couldn't do it without the support we get from all of you. Thank you. You can learn all about us and shop for millions of books at thereadingbug.com. And you can also support The Reading Bug by becoming a Reading Bug Box subscriber or gifting a subscription to every young reader you know. Reading Bug Box is unique because it's perfectly personalized to the unique age, interests, and reading level of every child. Like only an independent bookstore can do, me and my in-store team hand-select books for every box, and we write notes of encouragement and inspiration in every single one. Subscribe today at readingbugbox.com. Okay, reader, I think it's time to get this new adventure started, don't you? What are we waiting for? Let's fly! It's time for a Reading Bug Adventure! It's a Reading Bug Adventure There's lots of fun in store Just inside our book bag There's new places to explore Grab your crayons and paper And your imaginations too The Reading Bug and I can't wait To share our trip with you Over here! Hi, it's so good to see you! Are you excited about our adventure together today? I know I am. Where do you think we'll be going? The possibilities are endless! I'd ask the reading bug, but I haven't seen her yet. Where could that little bug be? Lauren, reader! Here I am, here I am! Thanks for joining me. You're going to love today's adventure. I'm sure of it! Lauren, did you get my note and pack everything I asked you to? Oh, yes, Reading Bug. I have your note right here. But it took me a while to understand what you wanted me to pack. You didn't use any words on this note, just pictures. Look, Reader, the Reading Bug's note is on a rolled-up piece of paper. That's right. It's called a scroll. A scroll? And here, look, Reader, the Reading Bug has drawn a few little pictures. The first two pictures are of a person's back and a bag. I figured out that one pretty quickly. A backpack! 
Right, Reading Bug? You're right. Great job. Okay, but the rest of the pictures are tougher to decipher. This next one is a big sun with a large red X next to it. Any idea what that means, reader? I thought it might mean sunscreen, so I brought some in my backpack. Right again. Oh, great. Okay, and next, there's a picture of binoculars and a water bottle, so I brought those as well. Excellent. We'll definitely need those where we're going. And finally, there's this, a picture of a person with an open mouth and an arrow pointing to her belly. I couldn't figure out what it meant, Reading Bug. Reader, do you know? Oh, that's a picture of a hungry traveler. I was trying to tell you to bring snacks. Oh, now I see. Well, I didn't figure out what the picture meant, but I did bring some snacks for us anyway. So we should be all set. But Reading Bug, why not just ask me to bring these things or write me a note using words? I wanted to try using hieroglyphics or a picture alphabet to send a message to you, Lauren. It's a really important clue to where we'll be traveling today. I really sphinx you'll love our adventure. Hieroglyphics? Sphinx? Okay, now I'm really curious. Where will your book bag be taking us today, Reading Bug? You asked me to bring sunscreen and water, so we must be going someplace that will be sunny and hot, right? That's right. And because you wanted me to pack snacks, I assume we're going somewhere far away. Right again. But that could be lots and lots of places. Reader, can you guess where we're going today? Reading Bug, why don't you help us guess by telling us the titles of some of the books in your book bag? Sure, Lauren. In my book bag today are Thea Stilton and the Blue Scarab Hunt by Geronimo Stilton, Trailblazers Tomb Raiders by Philip Steele, and Marcy and the Riddle of the Sphinx by Joe Todd Stanton. Scarabs? Tomb Raiders? Sphinx? Hmm, I think I know. Do you? I also brought Egypt Magnified by David Long and Harry Bloom, an Egyptian Adventure by Francis Durkin and Grace Cook. And Who Was King Tut by Roberta Edwards. An Egyptian Adventure? That's it then, isn't it? We're going to Egypt on our adventure today. Yes, yes, yes. You're right, Lauren. But we're not just traveling to Egypt. We'll also be traveling back in time over 3,000 years to ancient Egypt. Back to a time of pharaohs, mummies, pyramids, and more. Wow, it sounds like a really fantastic adventure, Reading Bug. But before we start, we're going to want to stretch ourselves out and get ready for a long trip back in time and space. I can't believe I almost forgot. Thank you, Lauren. Let's all stretch our arms and legs before we start on our adventure today to make sure we're ready for whatever we may encounter in ancient Egypt. Okay, let's all stretch out together. Everybody stand up, unless you're buckled into your car and wiggle your fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great! Now, stretch your arms up high over your head. Perfect! Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. Ooh yeah, that felt 
felt wonderful, didn't it, Reader? I'm all stretched out and ready to go. Okay, but before we go, one last thing. Reader, did you remember to bring your crayons and paper with you today? Just like the illustrators of our books that we read, we draw pictures of everything we see and do on our adventures so that we can retell our story to our friends and family when we get back. And ancient Egyptians also used a picture alphabet, or hieroglyphics, to write letters and books and stories. Like the note I wrote to Lauren, each picture has a specific meaning. And when used together, the hieroglyphics make words, sentences, and stories. If you don't have your crayons and paper, don't worry. You can pause the podcast, and we'll be right here when you come back. Okay, reader. It's time for our Egyptian adventure to begin. Let's travel today back in history to a land full of intrigue and mystery. In Egypt, we might see a sphinx or a mummy, ride a camel, sail the Nile, or try new foods that are yummy. Look, the book bag is growing bigger and bigger, big enough to fit us all inside. And look, reader, what do you see in there? That's right, words, pictures, and characters from all the reading bugs' incredible books swirling around inside. Boy, everywhere I look, there's sand, sand, and more sand. I also see a long river winding through the sand, and lots and lots of animals like hippos, camels, gazelles, lions, and crocodiles. There are lots of funny words floating around. Words I've never seen before, like Luxor, Karnak, Ra, Obelisk, Pyramid, Sphinx, and Tutankhamun. I wonder what all those strange words mean. Is everybody ready? Let's jump back in time to ancient Egypt. Hop with me, and we'll all jump into the book bag together. One hop, two hop, three hops, and we're in. Let's jump inside our book bag. What will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag? Our trusty book bag. What will we learn about today? Here we go. Look, reader. My watch is moving backwards as we lift off from the ground. Everything below us is quickly fading away. I can't see our houses anymore. And as I look below, all the sights around us are changing rapidly. The cars and planes and buildings are all gone now, and I can only see forests, rivers, meadows, and hills. There are no electric lights anymore either. We must be getting closer to Egypt because now I can see a long, long river snaking through what looks like a really sandy desert. There are small white houses nestled along the shore of the river. Surrounded by a narrow ribbon of green fields and white, yellow, and pink flowers that give way to the intense gold of the desert sands. And look, reader, I see two long roads with hundreds and hundreds of large statues lining their sides. And I think the book bag is coming in for a landing in the middle of one of those roads. But how can that be? I thought this was ancient Egypt. Without trucks and power tools and electricity. How could they have possibly made all of these statues? Oh, I've seen pictures of those roads with statues in my books. They're statues of sphinxes, Lauren. I read in Theus Sultan and the Blue Scarab Hunt that a sphinx is a creature with a lion's body and the head of a human or a ram. The ancient Egyptians were incredible builders, and even without modern tools, 
they were able to build massive structures and thousands and thousands of statues. Since there are two roads lined with sphinxes, I think we must be living in the city of Luxor. That's the only city I know of that has two big streets lined with sphinxes. One of the streets has more than 1,300 sphinxes and connects the temple complex of Karnak, north of the city center, with the temple of Luxor, to the south of the city. And the other runs from the Karnak temple west to the Nile River and is lined with 900 sphinxes with ram's heads. Once we land, we can figure out which street we are on by checking whether the heads of the statues are human heads or ram's heads. Great idea, reading bugs. Everyone hold on tight. We're coming in for a landing. We're here in ancient Egypt. Now let's hop out of the book bag to figure out exactly where we are. Oh, wow. Look around, reader. We're in the middle of a long, sandy road that's lined as far as the eye can see with statues staring across the road at one another. The sun is beating down on us and it's really, really hot here. And look around us, reader. There are people walking up and down the street around us, and some of them are giving us funny looks. Maybe because we're dressed so differently than they are. The people that are walking down the street are dressed in white. The men are wearing wraparound skirts with belts and jewelry. Many of them are bare-chested, although a few of them have on white shirts. The women are wearing long, straight white dresses. Some of them have one shoulder strap and others have two straps. And Lauren, look! The heads of the Sphinx statues are rams. They look like sheep's heads, but they have long, curved horns that curve down toward the sheep's snout. We're in Luxor, all right. That's the only place in Egypt with a street lined with ram's heads. And we're on the road that leads from Karnak to the Nile River. We should be pretty safe here. Stop, travelers. Those who pass into Wasit unprotected will face the Pharaoh's curse. What? Huh? Who said that? Reader, reading bug, did one of you say something about a Pharaoh's curse? No. I didn't say anything. Not a step further. Those who pass into Wasit unprotected will face the Pharaoh's curse. The Pharaoh's curse? What's the Pharaoh's curse? And who or what keeps saying that? It's me. I'm right down here. Oh, yikes! Reading bug, reader, watch out! Is that a scorpion? Reading bug, I thought you said that it was safe out here, but scorpions are poisonous, and that one is gigantic! It looks like a cockroach with a hard black shell covering its body and spiky points on its legs. It must be at least three inches long. Whoa! Who are you calling a cockroach? I am not a cockroach or a scorpion. Don't you know who I am? I'm a sacred dung beetle. Although I prefer my other name, a scarab beetle. The most important Egyptian god, Ra, the sun god, is often pictured as a scarab beetle, like me. So yeah, I'm a pretty big deal. Oh, wow. Really? You must not be Egyptians, because all Egyptians love beetles like me. A talking bug? Amazing! Reading bug, I thought you and the spelling bee were the only talking bugs. Clearly, you were wrong. I was given the gift of speech by the Sphinx, who guards the entrance to the city of Wasit. 
These statues represent the Sphinx, who is the living image of Atum, the sun god. Whoa. Wait just one second, Beetle. Scarab? Right, Scarab. First, I thought we were in Luxor, not Wasset. Lauren, Wasset is what the ancient Egyptians called this place. In modern times, it's called Luxor. Oh, I see. But Scarab, I also thought you said that Ra was the sun god. Ra and Atum are both the sun god. So is Capri. I read that the sun god was so important that Egyptians gave it a different name for each part of the day. The god Kepri represents the rising sun. The god Ra is the sun during the day, and the god Atum, or Atum-Ra, is the sun at sunset. You are correct. Way to drop some bug knowledge. High five. Thank you, but I'm afraid we can't stick around and chat all day. We've got lots of things to see on our adventure today. Pyramids, mummies, pharaohs. Reader, Lauren, follow me. See you around, Scarab. Wait, halt, unless you want to face the Pharaoh's curse. The Pharaoh's curse, what's that? Oh, didn't you know? This place was cursed by Pharaoh Tutankhamun himself. What is a Pharaoh? A Pharaoh was an ancient Egyptian ruler, their king. That's right. And after his death, Pharaoh Tutankhamun was mummified, which means his body was preserved and wrapped in cloth, so his spirit could continue living for all eternity inside his tomb, where all the riches and belongings he had in life were left for him. All his riches and belongings were buried with him? Where no one else could use them? That's right, Lauren. I read that ancient Egyptians believed that they could still enjoy their riches in the afterlife after they died. And that's why they buried their kings and queens, like Pharaoh Tutankhamun, or King Tut, as you may have heard of him. With so many treasures, like paintings, sculptures, gold, silver, pottery, jewelry, and even furniture for them to sit on, and food for them to eat. Ahem, <coughs> excuse you for interrupting. Uh, but yes, that's basically correct, reading bug. Over 5,000 valuable possessions were buried with Pharaoh Tutankhamun in his tomb. But our wise Pharaoh knew that thieves and tomb raiders often break into tombs to steal the riches inside. In fact, most of the pyramids up north have already been broken into. So Tutankhamun wisely decided to be buried in an underground tomb in the Valley of the Kings, just across the river there. He also left a curse that required that anyone who passed the Sphinx on their way to Wasit would be unable to pass, unless they're granted permission by moi. My job is to make sure that no one can pass unless they answer the Sphinx's riddle. Answer correctly and you're free to pass, curse-free. But answer incorrectly three times and you'll be trapped here with Pharaoh Tutankhamun for all eternity. So you can't possibly steal any of his possessions. So, don't take another step unless you can answer my riddle. Are you ready? Oh no, you mean we can't see the sights of ancient Egypt unless we answer a riddle? Well, not exactly. You can still see the sights, but you just can't leave, ever, unless you answer my riddle. Don't worry, I'm great at riddles. I'm sure I can answer it, Lauren. And besides, we've got three tries. If we don't know the answer, we'll just 
turn back and visit someplace else for our adventure today. That is incorrect. What do you mean incorrect? Once you hear the riddle bug, the only way you'll be able to leave Wasit is by providing me with the answer. So, do you wish to hear the Sphinx's riddle? Or will you choose to leave without visiting the Egyptian wonders that await you further down the road? Oh my, what a choice. Turn back now and miss seeing the sights of ancient Egypt? Or risk being stuck here forever? Reader, what do you think? I told you, I'm pretty good with riddles. And I've been reading a lot about ancient Egypt. So I don't think we need to worry. Let's hear your riddle, Scarab. Reading bug, wait! Okay, listen carefully then. Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed? Reading bug, now that we've heard the riddle, we have to answer it or face the Pharaoh's curse. And I don't have a clue what the Scarab is talking about, do you? Hmm, it sounds kind of familiar, but... Oh no, oh me, oh my, I don't know the answer. But Reading Bug, you heard the Scarab. If we can't answer, we'll be stuck in Luxor and in ancient Egypt forever. Okay, okay, give me just one minute. I'm thinking. One voice, four-footed, two-footed, then three-footed. Right, Scarab? That's right. Hmm. Well, cats are four-footed. Cats? Oh, yes. I read that cats were very special to ancient Egyptians, who believed they were magical creatures that would bring good luck to the people who housed them. To honor their pet cats, ancient Egyptians would dress them in jewels and would sometimes even mummify them when they died. Art from ancient Egypt shows statues and paintings of all kinds of cats. So you think the answer to the riddle is a cat? It could be. It would make sense that an animal that was so important to ancient Egyptians would be the answer to such an important riddle, right? And cats do have four feet, but they can also stand on two, like when they're reaching into the air for a toy. But three feet? Hmm... I just don't know. But I don't have any better guesses. Do you? Scarab, is the answer a cat? Your answer is incorrect. You have two more guesses. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Only two guesses left? Lauren, reader, I'm so, so sorry. I thought I could answer and I really wanted to see the sites of ancient Egypt I've been reading about. It's okay, reading bug. We'll figure this out together, won't we, reader? We've been in tougher situations than this on past adventures. We just need to... Hey, look! There's someone running down the road toward us. But she's not dressed like any of the ancient Egyptians here. She's dressed a lot more like you. You're right, reading bug. She's wearing light green shorts and a matching shirt, a floppy greenish-gray hat, and some hiking boots. And she looks really, really dusty and dirty. And she's running really, really fast. Right this way. Hey, wait, don't go. Stop, stop, please. Don't leave me here. Hi, uh, don't worry, we're not going anywhere. We're here to see the sights of ancient Egypt. Are you okay? <sighs> oh, wow, I am now. 
Now that you're here, you've got to get me out of here. Okay, okay, calm down. We're happy to help you, if we can. My name is Lauren, and this is the Reading Bug, and our reader friend. Ahem. Oh, yes, and this is the Scarab. Not the Scarab. Oh, no. Well, hello to you, too. Don't you know about the Pharaoh's curse? Oh, please don't tell me that the Scarab has already told you his riddle. Unfortunately, he has. And we've already made one wrong guess, too. We were just trying to think of the correct answer together. Oh, no. We'll be stuck here for all eternity, together. I've also made one wrong guess, two more wrong guesses, and we're all stuck for good. It has been days since I first arrived here, but I still haven't been able to figure out the answer to the Scarab's riddle. Wait, you're stuck here too? Like us? What happened? Yes, yes. My apologies for not explaining. I've been hiding for days, afraid I might be captured by the Pharaoh's guard and accused of being a Tomb Raider. In all that time, I haven't seen anyone here that I could talk to until I caught sight of you. My name is Riley Anderson, or sometimes Dr. or Professor Anderson, and I'm an Egyptologist. An Egyptologist? What's that? Good question, Lauren. An Egyptologist is a person who studies ancient Egyptian history, language, literature, religion, and art. I've studied ancient Egypt all my life, and I've traveled to Egypt several times to participate in archaeological digs. What's an archaeological dig? A dig is an excavation. That's the word for the exploration of what lies below the surface of the earth. In an archaeological dig, we dig trenches in the earth to see if we can find artifacts or objects from ancient times. Digs are slow and tedious, and they can be backbreaking, but they can also be very rewarding work when we make new discoveries and learn new things about people and cultures that existed thousands of years before ours. Yes! That's why I love reading, too. It's incredible to learn about other people, other times, and other ways of thinking. But, Dr. Anderson, you still haven't explained how you got here. Many thousands of years in the past. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm actually not certain how I got here at all, but I was working on an archaeological dig and excavating some ancient artifacts when I found this. Oh, reader, look! It's... A beautiful green jewel set in black stone that has been carved to look like a scarab, I think. Ooh, wow. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. As soon as I touched it, the world around me started spinning. Light started flashing, and I suddenly found myself here. The scarab asked me to solve his riddle, and, wanting to explore this amazing ancient site... I accepted his challenge, but I could not think of the correct answer. So, here I am, tired, dirty, and ready to go back home. But with no way of getting there, until I saw you. Oh no! But if an Egyptologist can't solve the riddle, how are we supposed to do it? Scarab, was this a trick? No, no, I promise, there is an answer. Oh, in fact, two men passed me earlier this morning, and they were able to answer my riddle right away. They knew the answer? Oh, but that's great! Reading Bug, Reader, Dr. Anderson, we just need to find the two men and ask them to tell us the answer, too. Then we'll all be able to solve the riddle and get back home. Scarab, 
Do you know where the two men were headed? Hmm. You know, I never bothered to ask. But now that you mention it, they were talking about how they might be able to carry heavy gold, jewelry, and statues back when they returned, and... Wait a second. Oh, no! Oh, boy. You don't think those two could have been tomb raiders, do you? I hate to say it, Scarab, but they probably were. I mean, where else are you going to get a lot of gold and jewelry and statues around here? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just had one job to do. Don't let anyone raid the Pharaoh's tomb. And I blew it. They're going to steal all his earthly possessions and I'll be to blame. Oh, no. I'm in big, big trouble. I should have made the riddle harder, or, or maybe I should have changed it up every couple of days. Lauren, reader, reading bug, as long as we're stuck here, we have to stop those thieves from stealing King Tut's treasures. After the Pharaoh's death, King Tut's tomb wasn't discovered until 1922 by the famous archaeologist Howard Carter. The story is that a water boy found a small hole that turned out to be an entrance to stairs that led to the tomb. When the archaeologists entered the tomb, it was full of thousands of Egyptian artifacts, the most important Egyptian discovery in modern times. Even in 2019, almost 100 years after its discovery, archaeologists are still learning things about ancient Egypt from everything uncovered in King Tut's tomb. If that tomb is robbed today, it may be empty by the time Howard Carter finally finds it and will lose out on discovering all of the amazing artifacts inside. We've got to go now and stop the tomb robbers. But shouldn't we be spending our time trying to solve the Scarab's riddle and get back home? If we can't guess the answer, we'll be stuck here for good. No, 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 no. You have to stop them. If they don't steal anything, I won't get into any trouble. Listen, if you can help stop the Tomb Raiders, I'll even give you a hint to help you solve my riddle. Deal? What do you think, Reader? Should we help stop the Tomb Raiders and protect King Tut's treasures in order to get a hint from the Scarab? Okay, let's do it. Scarab, what's your clue? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, okay, here's the hint. It is given life by the waters of the Nile and it can be found living in Wasset or resting in the Valley of the Kings. Thank you, Scarab, but I still don't know the answer. Breeding Bug, Dr. Anderson, do you have any ideas? Hmm, no. No, nothing. But if it can be found living in Wasset, and that's the direction the Tomb Raiders were headed, then we should head that way too, right? There's only one road. Scarab, which way do we go? That way. Just along the road is Wasset, and the Valley of the Kings is across the Nile River below it. But you'll never get there safely looking like that. Your clothes make it painfully obvious that you're not from around here, and before you know it, you'll have the Pharaoh's guards chasing you, thinking you're the Tomb Raiders. And there is no crime more serious in these parts than tomb robbery. From one talking bug to another, let me offer you a little magical help in the form of a change of clothes. Hold on tight, this may tickle a bit. Ra and Autumn and Kepri take heed and disguise my new friends in their hour of need. Give them some clothes that will help them blend in and once they are dressed, let adventures begin. <laughs> that 
was Tickle Scarab. But look, it worked. Instead of the clothes we were wearing before, we're now dressed all in white, just like the people we saw on the street when we arrived. Oh, this is much, much better. I've been so worried about not blending in, but now we can walk the streets without worry. Quickly, let's get to Wasset and solve this riddle together. Follow me, Luxor is just up ahead. Wait, wait, wait for me. I've decided that I'm coming with you. Face it, you're gonna need my help to stop those baddies. Um, but uh, could somebody please carry me? I don't think my little beetle legs will be able to keep up. Okay, Scarab, hop onto my shoulder and let's get going. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'll make myself useful, I promise. I'm a pretty great tour guide, actually, watch. We are quickly approaching the city of Wasset, the center of trade and industry in Egypt. The streets will be filled with craftsmen who sell pottery, sandals, reed mats, white linen, and many other products. There will also be farmers selling their produce. Figs, grapes, dates, and pomegranates are some of the favorites around here. And of course, lots and lots of bread, because bread is the Egyptians' most important food. Ah, look! Here we are. Okay, Beetle, that's enough yapping. Try not to draw any attention our way. People are starting to stare. Let's all stay close together, just in case anyone suspects we're not from around here. Be sure to look around carefully, reader. Remember that the Scarab's second clue told us the answer to the riddle is a creature that can be found living in Wasset. The city of Wasset is on the avenue that runs from the Karnak Temple on the north to the Luxor Temple on the south. There are lots of smaller, narrow streets that connect to this big street, and there are houses and buildings that look like they're made of mud brick all along these streets. Up the avenue from us, I see a giant building bigger than anything else in this city. That must be the Great Temple of Amun at Karnak. I read that it's the second largest religious building ever built, and it is the main house of worship for Amun, another name for the Egyptian god of sun and air. It is located by a lake, and there are many smaller temples, shrines, and obelisks within the temple complex. That's another new word. What is an obelisk? An obelisk is a tall, four-sided, narrow monument that ends in a pyramid-like shape at the top. Each obelisk is carved from a single piece of stone, and they are built in honor of an individual or event, or to honor the gods. If you look in the other direction, there's a large building. Is that a temple too? Yes, Lauren, that's the Luxor Temple. It's made of sandstone blocks and surrounded by mud brick. There are two beautiful red granite obelisks and many amazing statues and monuments. Scarab, there are a lot of street vendors here in the city center, but there don't seem to be many customers today. Is that normal? Hmm, good question. Come to think of it, things have been pretty quiet since I arrived. A lot of people lived in ancient Egypt, especially in these parts. So it's strange we're not seeing more crowds. Many people are staying home because they are still mourning the death of our young pharaoh Tutankhamun. He was only 19 years old when he died, and he was promptly entombed in the Valley of the Kings shortly after his death. If they're not here resting or purchasing food and supplies, that's where the robbers will be headed. Quickly, I can show you where to go. Wait, stop. We can't go anywhere without a plan. If we're going to make sure the tomb stays intact for Howard Carter's discovery thousands of years from now, we've got to make sure we stop the robbers and keep them from ever coming back again. Does anybody have a brilliant idea? Reader, 
Can you think of a good way to stop the tomb robbers from stealing all of King Tut's valuable possessions? Hmm. I think I might have an idea. Look over there. At the market? I see vendors selling all sorts of things. Breads, fabrics, baskets. But nothing that will help us stop a pair of tomb raiders. Not quite true, Lauren. There's a vendor selling long sheets of white linen. Do you see her? Where? She's just up ahead to our left, and she has a small child with her who's crawling around in the sand at her feet. Oh, yes, I see her and her cute little baby. He's a fast little crawler, isn't he, Reader? He can't walk yet, but that's not stopping him from getting around, is it? His mother looks like she's got her hands full keeping that little guy in one place. Yes, but the linen. Oh, right, linen. How's that going to help us stop the thieves? Well... Tomb Raiders may have been brave enough to sneak into dark tombs and steal gold. But remember, ancient Egyptians believed that people could still enjoy those riches after they died. So people were really scared of encountering or disrupting the mummies that were held inside the tomb. There were often inscriptions written outside the tombs, warning the trespassers of the dire consequences of disturbing the rest of the mummy's treasure inside. That's true. But I'm not sure how that will help us stop the robbers. Well, what if we were the mummies inside the tomb? We can buy some linen from the vendor here, pull it into strips, wrap ourselves up, and... Oh! I think I see where you're going with this reading bug. We could give those tomb raiders the fright of their lives. Do the mummy wrap. Let's do the mummy wrap. Everybody mummy wrap. You're gonna look funny when you wrap yourself up like, like an, an old Egyptian, Egyptian mummy. Spin right around, we don't wanna be found. Shimmy and twist, hold your arms out like this. Cover every part from your toes to your heart. We'll be a frightening sight if we do the wrapping right. Do the mummy wrap. Let's do the mummy wrap. Everybody mummy wrap. Everybody grab a scrap. Spin right around, we don't wanna be found. Jimmy and Twist, hold your arms out like this. Cover every part from your toes to your heart. We'll be a frightening sight if we do the wrapping right. To look just like a mummy, wrap cloth tight around your tummy. Cover every spot, we don't want to get caught. We'll wrap as we wrap, it's gonna be fun. And when they see us all wrapped up, everyone will run! run. Spin right around, we don't want to be found. Shimmy and Twist, hold your arms out like this. Cover every part from your toes to your heart. We'll be a frightening sight if we do the wrapping right. Spin right around, we don't want to be found. Shimmy and twist, hold your arms out like this. Cover every part from your toes to your heart. We'll be a frightening sight if we do the wrapping right. Do the mummy wrap. Let's do the mummy wrap. Everybody mummy wrap. You're gonna look funny when you wrap yourself up like, like an, an old Egyptian, Egyptian mummy. What an excellent idea! We're all going to dress up like mummies to scare the Egyptian grave robbers away from King Tut's tomb. We've still got a lot left to do. First, we'll need to return to the Temple of Karnak and follow the avenue of the ram-headed sphinxes west to the Nile River. Then, once we get there, we'll have to figure out some way to cross it, avoiding the crocodiles and hippos that are soaking in the river to stay cool. Oh, wow, that is a lot of adventuring left for us. And don't forget, 
We'll still need to solve the Scarab's riddle if we ever want to get back home. It seems like now is the perfect time to pause our adventure while we purchase some strips of linen for our mummy costumes from the vendors here in Luxor and make our way down to the Nile River. Don't go anywhere. The Reading Bug and I will be right back in just one minute. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a storytime podcast with your littles? Something that has some great storytelling and maybe some conversation about it? Look no further. With Storytime with Philip and Mommy, my little guy Philip and I sit down every single day and read a story together. And we, of course, want you to join us. Grab your copy of the book, sit down, let's read it, and let's talk about it. We'll learn new words, we'll learn new ideas, and then we'll learn how we can use those stories in our lives. It's a lot of fun. Classics like Little Golden Books or Berenstain Bears, all the way up through the newest phenomenons like Bluey. We talk about them and we have a lot of laughs. It's a great time and we hope that you can come and join us. So please look for us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Storytime with Philip and Mommy. Thanks so much. We'll see you there. I'm Kyle Wood, host of Art Smart and Who Arted. From the moment I discovered podcast on my old iPod Nano, I was hooked. I love learning about new things, and I bet you do too. Art Smart gives listeners an easy entry point to understand the arts. Season 1 covered the elements and principles, and Season 2 is giving a quick overview of different styles and movements and the ideas that shaped them. Every episode's just a few minutes to give you what you need and nothing you don't. So check out Art Smart wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Penguin Random House Audio and their new full-cast audiobook recording of E.B. White's classic children's book, Charlotte's Web, featuring Academy Award-winning actress Meryl Streep. Now that school was over, Fern visited the barn almost every day to sit quietly on her stool. The animals treated her as an equal. The sheep lay calmly at her feet. Lauren, listen! That's Meryl Streep reading one of my all-time favorite books, Charlotte's Web. I know, Reading Bug. Isn't it wonderful? Did you know that this is the first new audiobook edition of the 1953 Newbery Honor book since the author's own narration recorded 50 years ago? Meryl Streep is joined by an ensemble cast of more than 20 veteran audiobook narrators, and the result is incredible. It's bound to be a classic. Oh, yes. Every bit of it's magical. Even the cover art. That's an original mixed-media collage and watercolor by two-time Caldecott Honor-winning artist and E.B. White biographer Melissa Sweet, who wrote and narrated an exclusive appreciation for the audio. I'm going to get back to listening right away. (laughs) Okay, Reading Bug. Everyone at the Reading Bug bookstore is excited about this all-new audiobook and thrilled to recommend it to you. Purchase the new full-cast audiobook recording of E.B. White's classic children's book, Charlotte's Web. Featuring Academy Award-winning actress Meryl Streep at TheReadingBug.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. Thank you to Penguin Random House Audio for their support. Reader, you're back! And just in time, too. We've made our way to the banks of the Nile River in ancient Egypt. Do you remember our plan? That's right! We're heading to King Tut's tomb to dress up as mummies and scare the would-be tomb raiders who are planning on stealing all his gold, treasures, and belongings. We just bought some white linen that we can use for our costumes, and now we're all here at the bank of the Nile River. But we've got a long way to go if we hope to save King Tut's tomb and get back home today. Isn't that right, Dr. Anderson? That's right. 
We've simply got to stop King Tut's tomb from being robbed today. When it is finally discovered in 1922, thousands of years from now, it's full of artifacts that give future archaeologists, like me, much of the information we have about ancient Egypt. It's one of the great discoveries of all time. But if the tomb is robbed today, I'm worried nothing will be left to discover, and all those amazing artifacts will be lost forever. But of course, unless we solve the Scarab's riddle, you may be lost forever too, Dr. Anderson. We all may be. Reader, do you remember the Pharaoh's curse? That's right. Anyone who is unable to answer the Scarab's riddle will be trapped here, close to King Tut's mummy, and unable to steal his riches for all eternity. We've already made one wrong guess. Two more, and I'm afraid we're stuck here for good. Scarab, I've been looking for clues everywhere, but I don't think I'm any closer to answering your riddle. Can you please repeat it for me? Of course I can. Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed? Hmm. Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed? Thanks, but I still don't have the answer. Do you, reader? Scarab... You also gave us a hint. It is given life by the waters of the Nile, and it can be found living in Waset, or resting in the Valley of the Kings. That's right. But how can it be right? We didn't see any clues in Waset, where we bought the linen for our mummy costumes, and I don't see any clues here, next to the waters of the Nile. We've already visited two of the three locations in your hint, Scarab, but... We're no closer to solving the riddle than we were when we first arrived. Reading Bug, let's not give up hope. Everyone take a look around and tell me what you see. Maybe we can spot something here that's given life by the Nile's waters. We've simply got to answer the riddle. I see a lot of people here, many more than were outdoors in the city of Wasset. Yes, that's because people here depend on the water from the Nile for food, water, transportation, bathing, and more. They simply cannot exist without the Nile. So even if they're mourning the death of our young pharaoh, they must make their way to the Nile. Oh, yes, look! There are several men across the Nile throwing nets into the water and pulling them back in. They are fishing, Lauren. Fishermen in ancient Egypt used nets like those to catch fish. And also harpoons and hooks. Just like in our time. People here fished for food and for fun. Incredible! And look at those men on the funny boats paddling down the river. Those boats look like they're made out of bundles of straw tied together. How can they possibly stay afloat? Well, you have to remember that there aren't a lot of trees in the desert, Lauren. So the ancient Egyptians built their boats from papyrus, which grows in the shallow waters of the Nile. They harvest reeds of papyrus and tie them together to make those small boats. Those boats can be used for fishing and for short trips across the Nile, but probably weren't used for longer trips. And look, there are more people everywhere, washing clothes, playing in the water, bathing their babies, filling jugs with water, and leading their animals to drink from the river. And it looks like the men and women are over here farming. Is that right, Scarab? Yes, but remember, the river is full of crocodiles and hippos, so everyone has to be careful about where they are swimming and washing and fishing and playing. 
but the river is a very important part of Egyptian life. Much of Egypt, as you know, is barren desert, but the Nile River floods its banks each year, making it possible to grow crops and raise animals for us to eat. When it is wet, we grow as much food as possible, and then we store it to eat during the drier parts of the year. No one here could survive without the Nile River. When the Nile flooded, it would dump a layer of black mud on either side of the Nile. Egyptians called this area the Black Land for this reason. And the deserts all around were called the Red Land for the red, dry sand there. The mud in the Black Land was some of the most fertile anywhere. And each year, Egyptians were able to grow more crops than they needed. As a result, the Egyptian population grew and grew, and the civilization here became more and more advanced. Uh-oh. Uh, Dr. Anderson, sorry to interrupt, but the men in those papyrus boats are coming this way. I don't think they've seen us yet, and I'm not sure I want them to. They may not believe us if we're forced to tell them why we're here. Quickly, let's find a place to hide while they pass by. I think we can hide in the tall papyrus reeds on the bank over here. Quickly, follow me. Great job. They're definitely coming this way. And look, reader, the men are not sitting in the boats. They're standing and using long poles to balance and to push their boats forward. It's incredible that the boats aren't tipping over and dumping them into the water. Lauren, we can't stay hidden here forever. We're going to need to get across the Nile if we want to get to King Tut's tomb and stop the Tomb Raiders, who likely have already crossed. The Valley of the Kings, where the Pharaoh is buried, is on the other side of the Nile. On the other side? But Dr. Anderson, that's pretty far away. Yes, and I read that the Nile is home to many kinds of animals, including hippos, crocodiles, and snakes. Yikes! Where? That's the problem, Warren. The crocodiles and hippos are submerged. That means that most of their bodies are under the water, where we can't even see them. In fact, hippos spend most of their time completely underwater swimming and feeding on plants. They only have to come up for air once every five minutes. And even then, the only part that you can see is the top of their heads, which can look a lot like a rock sticking out from the river. Well then, we can't swim across the river, can we? Well, you could. But if you ran into a hungry, hungry hippo, you'd be in real trouble. And, um, I'm not sure I'd want to ride across on your shoulder in that case. Lauren, reader, reading bug. I think I see another option. Look! The men are parking their boats on the shore and getting out. Once they pass, we could sneak out of our hiding spot, take their boats, and use them to get across. What do you think? But I'm not sure I can paddle one of those papyrus boats. And if we tip over, we'll be stuck in the water with the crocodiles and hippos, won't we? Reader, what do you think? Should we take the boats and row ourselves across? I think it's our only option, Lauren. There's no bridges across the Nile here. If we want to stop the Tomb Raiders... Okay, okay. Yes, Dr. Anderson, let's do it. Reader, we're going to really need to balance on those boats and be sure we keep an eye out for any hippos or crocodiles in the waters around us. Great. Shh. The men are off their boats and passing by now. Okay? Now, quietly, follow me to the boats. Everyone, 
hop in and grab onto one of the poles. Great! Whoa, this boat doesn't feel stable at all. There's no way we'll get across without falling in. Do what I'm doing, Lauren. Look, see how I'm using the pole to balance? You can hold it in front of you or push one end into the water and onto the bottom of the river to help keep your balance. Oh, I don't like this one bit. It's like balancing on one leg. Hard. Raider, try to keep your balance, just like you're on a balance beam. Good job. Um, excuse me, but I think I'm gonna hop onto Dr. Anderson's shoulder. You're freaking me out. You're doing great. Now, touch the pole to the bank of the river and push off, and we'll begin our trip across the river. Ready? One, two, three, push! Whoa! Look, Raider! We're doing it! We're pushing the boat across the Nile together! Keep moving quickly and we'll be across in no time! One, two, three, push! One, two, three, push! may have just solved the riddle. Really, Reading Bug? That's incredible, but then what's the answer? When you're pushing the boat together with all three of your poles pushing against the bottom of the river, it's like the boat is walking on three legs. Okay, but every time I push, I'm afraid I'll lose my balance and fall in. That's right. When you're balancing, Lauren, and only two people are pushing, that's two legs. But four legs... Well, if there was another person pushing the boat... And one voice? Hmm, yeah. But I think the answer still may be a boat. Your answer is... incorrect. You have one more guess remaining. Wait, what? I didn't mean to make that official guess. You have one more guess remaining. No! Only one guess remaining! That was unfair, Scarab. After all we're doing to help you? I'm truly sorry, but the rules are the rules, guys. And the reading bug made a guess. I didn't mean to guess, I promise. Oh me, oh my. Just one more wrong guess and we'll be stuck here for good. And it will be all my fault. Oh, reading bug, don't blame yourself. We just need to get to King Tut's tomb, find those tomb raiders, and ask them for the answer. And we'll be home in no time. We're in this together. And we'll get out of it together. I promise. At least I don't see any crocodiles or hippos. Yet. Uh, sorry to deliver more bad news, guys, but look up ahead. I thought that might be a big gray rock at first, but now look. He is definitely a hippo. He's got a gray head with tiny ears, big eyes near the top, and a very large snout. Oh, no. You're right, Scarab. Should we turn around? <laughs> I don't think so, Lauren. That hippo doesn't look like he'll be giving us any trouble. See? He's yawning. Just a sleepy hippo resting in the water. Right, Dr. Anderson? On the contrary. That yawn is a very bad sign. When a hippo opens its mouth like that, it's not actually a yawn. The hippo is showing off its teeth to tell its enemies to stay away. And hippos live in herds of about 15 animals. 
which means that when you see one hippo, there are likely to be more nearby. Now that you mention it, I do see lots of other hippos' heads out there ahead of us. Lauren, reader, whatever you do, don't tip this boat over. That's right, reading bug. We're more than halfway across. The best thing we can do is to keep going and don't panic. If we can stay calm and steady, I'm hopeful the hippos and crocodiles will ignore it, just like they've ignored several other boats and people nearby. Let's keep on going. Are you ready? One, two, three, push. One, two, three, push. Great job, everybody. So far, the hippos have kept their distance. A few of them are watching us pass, but none of them are moving toward us. Just a few more pushes, and we'll be on the other side of the Nile. Great! And once we get to shore, we'll be safe? Not exactly, Lauren. Hippos can run very fast for short distances. So once we get to shore, let's run as fast as we can, just in case they decide to give chase. Ready? One more push. Then run when we hit the shore. Here we go. Run! Phew! I think we made it. Yes, and look, the hippo decided not to chase us after all. I don't blame them either. It's really hot out here. We're all hot, Lauren. You don't need to cry about it. <laughs> that wasn't me, Scarab. Look. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, look. There are people walking down the road in front of us, and several of them are crying really loud as they walk. Behind them is a procession with lots more people. Some are carrying baskets full of food, and others carrying boxes over their heads. And there's a large cart pulled by two big bulls that's draped in pretty fabrics and covered in gold. What's going on? That's a funeral procession of someone very important and very rich. Under that fabric, the cart is carrying a sarcophagus with a mummy inside. A sarcophagus? A sarcophagus is a very fancy rectangular box, often made of stone and covered with hieroglyphs. Inside the sarcophagus, there may be one or more coffins. King Tut's sarcophagus, for example, contained three gold coffins shaped like the pharaoh, which were nested inside each other, and his mummified body was in the last one. Whoever is in there, people seem to be very sad that he or she has died. They're crying and wailing so loudly. Not exactly. You see, many rich families actually pay mourners to cry like that. The louder they cry, the more they get paid. Lauren, reader, reading bug, that procession must be headed towards the Valley of the Kings. If we can climb onto that cart, we may have a chance of getting to King Tut's tomb before the Tomb Raiders. Quickly, let's go. Hop into the cart? Oh, my. Okay, reader, let's go. Quickly and quietly so no one in the procession sees us. Just this way, quickly. I'll climb in and you can hop in after. Let's go. Reader, 
Climb into the cart, and I'll be right behind you. Great, we're in. And with this fabric draped all around, this is the perfect hiding place. Great suggestion, Dr. Anderson. Oh, reader, look. The sarcophagus in this cart has a flat lid, and it's been painted and inscribed with hieroglyphs. I can read hieroglyphs. Move aside, move aside. Oh, yes. These ones tell us the name of the person who is inside and gives a list of all the food offerings that are being made with his burial. Look here. There's also a set of eyes painted onto the sarcophagus. Those are there so that the deceased person inside can see out of his coffin. And there's also a false door painted right here. That's for Ka to pass through. That's right! Sarcophaguses often had a false door so that the spirit, or Ka, could pass through it. While we're traveling, take a peek through the fabric that's draped around us on this cart, Lauren and Reader, and you can see the sights all around us as we make our way to the tombs of the Valley of the Kings. But be careful not to be seen. People are lining the street to meet the funeral procession and to cry and wave. Hey, look, it's them, the Tomb Raiders, look. There they are, traveling by foot. Shh, scare them. We don't want them or anyone else to hear us. That's right. And if we just continue on this cart, we'll beat them to King Tut's tomb, but just barely. Once we arrive in the Valley of the Kings, we'll need to quickly find the tomb and get ourselves dressed up as mummies and in a position to scare them. But for now, grab a seat as we make our way to the Valley of the Kings. And while we travel, I'll tell you a little more about King Tut. Great! King Tut ruled Egypt for approximately 10 years before his death, from around 1336 to 1327 BC. He was nicknamed the Boy King because he became king when he was only nine years old. Can you imagine being a king and ruling all these people at just nine years old? His parents were the pharaoh Amenhotep and his queen Nefertiti. But when Amenhotep died after 16 years of ruling Egypt, his young son, Tutankhamun, became pharaoh. If King Tut became pharaoh at nine years old and ruled for 10 years, he was pretty young when he died too, right? That's right, reading bug. The young pharaoh was only 19 when he died suddenly. And, as you know, his golden coffin was buried in a tomb in the Valley of the Kings, surrounded by 5,000 priceless treasures. These treasures included a golden throne, crown, and cobra, pottery and elaborate carved chest, as well as over a hundred walking sticks. Lauren, reader, Dr. Anderson, the cart is stopping. I think we're here. Let me take a peek outside. Hmm, nope. I don't see any pyramids, so we must not be there yet. Oh, no, Lauren. There aren't any pyramids in Luxor or in the Valley of the Kings. Egyptian pyramids are located much farther north, close to where the Nile River empties into the Mediterranean Sea. In the very early days of ancient Egypt, pyramids were built on top of the king's tombs, but the giant structures attracted tomb raiders like flowers attract bees. I read in Hot on the Trail in Ancient Egypt, 
that pyramids could be as tall as a 40-story skyscraper. That's right. Easy for any Tomb Raider to spot and find. That's why the Egyptians started burying their kings in the Valley of the Kings instead. On the surface of the valley, you won't see anything except sand and more sand. But underneath, there is a maze of hidden tombs. Well, I don't see anything but sand out here. So, I guess we are in the Valley of the Kings then. In Trailblazer's Tomb Raiders, the author says that there are 63 secret tombs, tunnels, and pits hidden in the Valley of the Kings. With so many different and well-hidden tombs here, how will we ever find King Tut's? Well, Reading Bug, not all of those tombs have been built yet. And even though the Valley of the Kings was supposed to be harder to find than the pyramids, Tomb Raiders were able to eventually find most of the tombs here and steal the king's treasures. So they're not impossible to find, especially if you know what you're looking for, like I do. Let's all quietly hop out and see what we can find. Quickly and quietly, everyone out of the cart. Great job. Now, follow me. Okay, if I'm right, the entrance to the tomb should be just over here. Ha! Ah, just like I thought. This is the top of the hidden staircase that will take us to King Tut's tomb. It sure is hidden. I don't see anything. Oh boy, I don't know about this, guys. I'm beginning to think it might be a really bad idea to go into Pharaoh Tutankhamun's tomb. Scarab. Do you want to stop these Tomb Raiders, or don't you? Come on, everyone. Help me lift this flat rock. The stairway should be just underneath. Reader, let's help Dr. Anderson lift the rock together. Ready? One, two, three, lift! Great! The staircase! That's right! Now. Follow right behind me. I've got my flashlight, and we'll make our way down the stairs and into the tomb together. Be careful not to disturb anything. Every bit of this tomb is important to future archaeologists. Wow. This place is incredible, Dr. Anderson. Reader, look around. We're in King Tut's tomb. It's more magnificent than I'd ever imagined. We're in a small chamber that is absolutely full of treasures and artifacts. And there's another small room in front of us, and yet another to our right. I can see clothing, jewelry, statues of all sizes, furniture, and even plates of food in here. There are jewels and oils, and several jars with tops shaped like animal heads and... Oh! Dr. Anderson, can you shine your flashlight on the wall over here for a second, please? Of course, Lauren. Here you go. Reader, look. The walls and ceiling above are covered in elaborate paintings of people and gods in elaborate colors and leafed in gold. It's magnificent. Ah, oh, yes. Tomb paintings, like these, were very elaborate, especially for pharaohs. There are images of people and musicians dancing and celebrating all around the pharaoh because ancient Egyptians believed these musicians could come to life and play for the pharaoh in the next life. And look, there he is, Pharaoh Tutankhamun himself in his final resting place in the room right next door. Incredible. 
Lauren, reader, look. In the room to our left is a large table with a huge rectangular box made out of stone. King Tut's sarcophagus. Let's go take a look. Careful not to knock anything over. There's a lot of stuff in here. Oh, wow! Look carefully at the box, reader. In addition to hieroglyphics, like we saw in the other sarcophagus, there is a deep indentation on the flat top, and it looks like it's shaped like a scarab. A scarab? Oh, yes, look! And it looks like it's the same size as the scarab jewel that mysteriously brought you here to ancient Egypt, Dr. Anderson. Do you think your jewel might have been a part of King Tut's sarcophagus? There's only one way to find out. I have it right here with me. Let's put it on the sarcophagus and see if it fits. Oh my, it fits perfectly. And look, the sarcophagus is opening and the golden coffins inside are opening up also. Stand back, everybody. I hope there's nothing spooky inside. Nothing spooky, but look, a whole sarcophagus and the coffins inside have opened, revealing the third golden coffin, the one that holds King Tut's body inside. All of the coffins are a beautiful golden color, and the last one has the Pharaoh's face and clothing painted with blues and greens and reds. He's wearing a very large headdress and has a long braided beard painted under his chin. Amazing! Without your scarab, Dr. Anderson, we would have never have seen what was inside the sarcophagus. King Tut's curse must have brought that missing scarab back here to him. And you with it, once you touched it. Uh, hey, I hate to spoil the party, but listen. Think the Tomb Raiders are getting close. I think you're right, Scarab. Reader, Dr. Anderson, quickly help me get the linen strips out that we purchased in Wasset. It's time to do the mummy wrap. Give these thieves the threat of their lives! Do the mummy wrap. Let's do the mummy wrap. Everybody, mummy wrap. You're gonna look funny when you wrap yourself up like, like an, an old Egyptian, Egyptian mummy. Spin right around, we don't wanna be found. Shimmy and twist, hold your arms out like this. Cover every part from your toes to your heart. We'll be a frightening sight if we do the wrapping right. Do the mummy wrap. Let's do the mummy wrap. Everybody, mummy wrap. Everybody, grab a scrap. Spin right around, we don't wanna be found. Shimmy and twist, hold your arms out like this. Cover every part from your toes to your heart. We'll be a frightening sight if we do the wrapping right. To look just like a mummy, wrap cloth tight around your tummy. Cover every spot, we don't wanna get caught. We'll wrap as we wrap, it's gonna be fun. And when they see us all wrapped up, everyone will run! Spin right around, we don't wanna be found. Shimmy and twist, hold your arms out like this. Egyptian mummy! Great work, everyone! Now, 
Let's all keep quiet until the Tomb Raiders enter the tomb. Then, on the count of three, we'll all jump out, make mummy noises, and scare them off. Are you ready? Dr. Anderson, quickly, turn off your flashlight. Okay, Lauren. I think it's just this way, Tuta. I watched the funeral procession and saw them bring the Pharaoh's sarcophagus down these stairs. Follow me. I don't know, Tia. I thought I heard something moving in there. What about the mummy curse? Tuta, don't be such a scaredy cat. You know the mummy's curse isn't real. It's just something they say to keep people like us from stealing all these magnificent treasures. Look, you can already see my torch reflecting off some gold in the tomb ahead. Just a little further. Okay, reader. Ready? On the count of three, let's give these guys a scare. One, two, three. Mummies! The curse is real! Run! And never ever come back! Let's go! Let's go! (laughs) (laughs) The plan worked perfectly! You all make some very scary and very silly looking mummies. I don't think those robbers will ever try to rob King Tut's tomb again. And word travels fast around here. When they tell everybody else that the mummy's curse is real, this will be the loneliest tomb around. And that means that all the treasures buried with King Tut will be right where they should be in 1922 when Howard Carter finds King Tut's tomb. Reader, Lauren, Reading Bug, you've saved the day. <clears throat> of course, you too, Scarab. Although, we wouldn't have had to be here if it weren't for you letting those Tomb Raiders pass. We all made a very good team today. That was really fun. Should we try to catch a boat ride back to the other side of the Nile? I can't wait to hear what the robbers are telling the people in Luxor about their visit to King Tut's tomb. And I'd love to take a larger boat up the Nile to see the pyramids and the Great Sphinx in Giza. There is so much more to see and do before we go home. I don't think I'm ready for another game of Hungry Hippos. Besides, it's getting late. It's probably almost sunset, which, if I remember correctly, that means that the sun god Ra is about to turn into the god of the sunset, Atum-Ra. It also means that it's time for us to jump back into the Reading Bug's magic book bag and head for home. But Lauren, we can't go home. Remember? The Pharaoh's curse. Oh no, you're right. In all the excitement of saving the tomb from the thieves, I almost forgot. We have to solve the riddle the Scarab gave us at the start of our journey, or we'll be stuck here in ancient Egypt forever. And our mummy disguises work too well, I think. Those Tomb Raiders are long gone by now. There's no way we'll be able to find them and ask them what the correct answer to the riddle is. We're going to have to solve this one all on our own. And we've only got one guest left. Reader, do you know the answer to the Scarab's riddle? Is there anything we've seen today that might help us solve it? Let's think carefully. Scarab, can you tell us the riddle one more time? Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed? And remember my hint, it is given life by the waters of the Nile, and it can be found living in Wasset or resting in the Valley of the Kings. Think very carefully about all you've seen and done today, and I'm sure you can solve the riddle. Thanks, Scarab. Reader, we're in Valley of the Kings right now, so maybe that's where we should start. 
What can we find resting here? Well, me maybe. I'm exhausted. <laughs> A very funny reading bug. But the only thing resting around this valley is kings, pharaohs, resting in their tombs in the next life. You're right, Dr. Anderson. I think we're getting closer. How about the Nile? Remember everything we saw there, reader? What is given life by the waters of the river? Dr. Anderson said that the Nile flooded every year, bringing rich black mud with it that helps Egyptians grow food that lasted all year round. So everyone here is given life by the Nile, aren't they? It's why we saw so many people by the river when we were there. You're right, reading bug. The Nile brought life to the ancient Egyptians, helping their population to boom and their civilization to thrive. Okay, then finally, what did we find in Wasit? The place where we bought the linen for our mummy costumes. Hmm. The only thing we saw there were vendors and shoppers. And us, remember? It was pretty quiet because many people were mourning Pharaoh Tutankhamun's death. But we did see the linen vendor and her little baby crawling in the sand. Okay, great. But what's the answer then? None of those answers seem to fit the scarab's riddle. Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed? Lauren, the linen vendor's baby was four-footed, wasn't he? He was crawling and he couldn't yet walk. Yes! And the mom was two-footed. Once babies learn to walk, they stand on two feet. Like me and like you, reader. That's it! But three-footed? How can that be? Reader, do you know? Lauren, the boats. The boats? No, reading bug, remember that was the wrong answer. No, no. The boats and the long sticks you held to push the boat. It was like carrying a cane. Archaeologists even think that King Tut may have been lame and walked with a cane because so many walking sticks were found in his tomb. And using a cane, or a walking stick, would make someone... Three-footed! Reading Bug, you might have it right. right. I think that's right. Great job. Reader, what do you think? Is the answer the right one? We've only got one more shot at the right answer, so we can't afford to get this wrong. Okay, great. Reading Bug... I think you've solved the riddle. Scarab, the answer to your riddle, which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed, is a person who crawls on all fours as a baby, walks on two legs when they get bigger, and walks with the help of a cane, three legs, when they get old. Your answer is... Correct! You have solved my riddle and you are free to leave. I knew you could do it. You did it! We can go back home to the future. Just wait until my friends and family hear all about this adventure. And you're in luck, Dr. Anderson. All we need is the Reading Bug's magic book bag and our imaginations, of course, to get back home. Scarab, thanks for guiding us safely through Egypt today. And good luck keeping all those Tomb Raiders out of Luxor. Goodbye, and thanks for all your help. Look, reader, the reading bug is opening her book bag, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Big enough to fit us all inside. Okay, are you ready? Let's all flap our wings and finally fly ourselves back home together. Dr. Anderson, I usually count to three before we hop into the book bag, but maybe before we end this incredible adventure, 
You'd be kind enough to teach us how to count to three in Egyptian? Of course, I'd be happy to. Ancient Egyptians spoke the Coptic language. In Coptic, number one is Y. Can you say it after me? Y. Y. Good. Now two is Snow. Snow. Very good. And now three, Shomt. Shomt. Great. Now let's count together and then jump into the book bag. Y, Snow, Shomt, and we're in. We've had a big adventure within our book bag, and I think we saved the day. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, book bag. Now it's time to fly away. Here we go. Look, reader, the riches of King Tut's tomb are disappearing as the book bag begins to take us back home. And no one will see them again until the tomb is discovered in 1922 by Howard Carter. Thanks to all of us. Great job scaring off those Tomb Raiders. I'll never forget all the exciting things we did and learned today. The funeral procession, the amazing paintings on the wall of the tomb. I can't wait to draw pictures of everything. Yes, and I'll never forget dressing up and pretending to be mummies with you. That was a lot of fun. What parts of today's adventure will you remember most, reader? If you loved today's adventure, like I did, and want to learn more about ancient Egypt or King Tut, you can read any of the books in my book bag. A complete list can be found at thereadingbug.com/adventures. Oh wow! I think we're back. Thanks for getting me home safe and sound. As much as I love studying ancient Egypt, I sure am glad to be back here in the present. You're right, Dr. Anderson. We are back. Thanks for joining us today, reader, and for helping us scare the Tomb Raiders and solve the Scarab's riddle. We couldn't have done it without you, because when you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane. Build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. Cause you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show. This world that you can be anything. You could sing your way into a Broadway show. Don't let anyone tell you no. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can make your dreams come true just by being you. Thank you for adventuring with us today. What an amazing adventure we had! In just a minute, I'll play some music for us to color to, and I can't wait to see you next time for another Reading Bug adventure. Goodbye. It's a Reading Bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip.
Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Penguin Random House Audio and their new full-cast audiobook recording of E.B. White's classic children's book, Charlotte's Web, featuring Academy Award-winning actress Meryl Streep. Thank you to Penguin Random House Audio for their support. And thank you for joining our adventure today. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe Savage, Brandon Savage, and Katie Jelniak. Original music was written by me and my brother, Ross Gruet. And sound mixing and mastery was done by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is a family-owned independent bookstore in California, and we are passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription box service at readingbugbox.com. And please support passion, expertise, and creativity in children's literature by continuing to shop with us or other local independent bookstores. Thank you. Goodbye. Wrap it up, wrap it up. Wrap it up, wrap it up. Wrap it up, wrap it up.
wrap it up, wrap it up. Wrap it up, wrap it up. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) 
<laughs> New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.